Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024, you heard me? Woo woo! Gangsters! The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's gonna be man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody. Nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Excuse me. Delighted to be with you. You know, I think if we if we get better, and I'm talking about me here, if we get better at looking at the stories that we're told are the news of the day, and instead of reacting to the typical predictable sucky headline and all the bloviating and the pointing fingers and the made-up nonsense and the fake news of it all, there is a mechanism of compensation. These people aren't all walking the same line, doing the same thing, covering for each other. If there's not a pay structure in order to compensate them. I suggest that a lot of COVID, a lot of the CARES Act money, which was, we all knew, stupid. We all were like, "What you want to spend three and a half trillion dollars to keep people from working? To bail out companies that many of which should probably go under. And I'm not talking about mom and pops. I'm talking about industry. We did not get to choose where those things went. We did not get to vote and say, wait a minute. We're already $28 trillion in debt. You can't possibly saddle us with another three and a half. Now we're up to close to 35, 34, right? I think a lot of that money that was allegedly to go to this or that went into slush funds to compensate people who were down with a lot of fraud, who were complicit and complacent and accomplices in the election debacle of 2020. I think if we were to go back and actually trace the money, where did it go? I mean, if we can't depend on the Chicago public school system to... to, to put a, a stopper in a, in a sieve of a flood of fraud, of theft. 77,000 devices are now missing since COVID, since the kids got shut down and went home to learn at home on their devices. 77,000, $23 million has been, has been stolen or lost and nobody's up in arms. Nobody even said anything about it. It's all so dang purposeful. 
The problem with the money flow is that it needs a constant source, and it's been you and it's been me. And it's infuriating. So we're paying attention to this whole, if Liz Cheney, who is a drip of epic nature, is writing a book and you want to tell me it's an instant New York Times bestseller, I call bullcrap. If you tell me Hunter Biden, who is a vile and reprehensible guy, right? Who I used to pity, but now I just, he's just gross, right? If he writes a book as an insignificant zero, you're going to tell me it's a New York Times bestseller? I don't believe you. Beyond that, you have ancillary players from January 6th who testified as, as the pet star witnesses a la Cassidy Hutchinson for the January 6th committee in Michael Fanone and Harry Dunn and these other guys who are all, all of a sudden, writing these books. And you're going to tell me that they're instant New York Times bestsellers? I'm going to tell you that that is equal to racism then. If everything is racist, nothing is racist. If everything ever written is a New York Times bestseller, because that's where the money laundering scheme goes through, got to have it be a number one bestseller, right? If you're going to have all these places pre-purchase thousands of copies of your book of suck, that's the deal. Then nothing is a New York Times bestseller. This is where we are. When you take science, actual science, And you muddy the waters with faux science. Now nobody believes anything and actual science gets rebuffed. And bogus science, right? We're like, I I don't trust you at all. I'm fascinated by this, this desire to dismantle the conservative advantage on the high court. If Donald Trump did something glorious, aside from the policies that led to great financial benefits for the majority of us right tax breaks etc etc if if donald trump did did something really really well it's it's get the right kind of people conservatives on the on the supreme court with scalia gone clarence thomas is without question my favorite guy i think he's honest Uh, i think he's smart i like his demeanor um i think he's funny I think he's probably a giant nerd and I really like people like that because they're fascinating Um, and they just want to destroy him. They want to get him off the court at all costs. And so they they want to chip away at this idea that he has gotten perks from wealthy friends. He's traveled on their private jets. He's gone on their, you know, vacation homes. Joe Biden does that, but that's okay. He's the president, right? They get away with everything, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't be surprised if they got away with murder. But Sonia Sotomayor, nobody wants to talk about her. And this is deeply concerning, and we've talked about it in the past. If there are two tiers of justice at the highest court, there is no justice for any of us. And that's exactly what's going on here. So Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor's staff, who are paid for by you and by me, It's our taxpayer dollars who fund the clerk's salaries, right, for these federal government officials. Apparently, these staffers had been paid and had been working to pimp Sonia Sotomayor's books to various schools or libraries where she was going to go and appear and give some kind of a presentation. 
Well, that's also another way to be compensated that should raise a lot of red flags. Documents obtained by the Associated Press reveal repeated examples of Sotomayor's taxpayer-funded court staff performing tasks for her book ventures, which workers in other branches of government are barred from doing. I'm not a complicated woman. We need to be consistent, right? One of the, the things that you learn with parenting is that if your discipline is not consistent, you'll be walked on. You will not be the one in charge of your family. You must have rules. The rules must be followed. And if they are not, there have to be swift consequences or else the rules go away. And then everything is a racist New York Times bestseller, right? You know what I'm going with here. So why is Sonia Sotomayor allowed to do this? Well, she's not, but she is because there are rules for Democrats that don't apply to Republicans. And it makes me angry. For colleges and libraries seeking a bold-faced name for a guest lecturer, few come bigger than Sonia Sotomayor. Well, I mean, I, I might have an issue with that thesis, right? The Supreme Court justice who rose from poverty in the Bronx to the nation's highest court. She has benefited, too, from schools' purchases of hundreds, sometimes thousands, of the books she has written over the years. Sotomayor's staff have often prodded public institutions that have hosted the justice to buy her memoir or her children's books, works that have earned her at least $3.7 million since she joined the court in 2009. Details of those events, largely out of public view, so convenient, were obtained by the Associated Press through more than 100 open records requests to public institutions. Shocking that the AP actually had a random act of journalism briefly. The resulting tens of thousands of pages of documents offer a rare look at Sotomayor and her fellow justices beyond their official duties. Again and again and again, repeated evidence that her staff was boxing up the books, shipping the books, coordinating with the schools, coordinating with the libraries, got to buy these books. How else does she make $3.7 million? Do you honestly believe that in the, the laziest age, I think we could say with each turn of the calendar, our collective intellect goes farther and farther into the toilet. People aren't going out and buying hardcovered books anymore. Some people do. This isn't, this isn't normal. And nobody's saying, ah, you know what? I cannot wait to read what? Sonia Sotomayor thought about her childhood. Right? Give me a vampire who's a hottie and who sucks people's necks. I'm in. Right? I'm a vampire. You know what? <laughs> so what? I was a Twilight groupie for a while. So were you. You know it. <laughs> it's so obvious, right? So the reason I'm sharing this with you, we we are we are growing and advancing in our ability to quickly, more quickly assess a headline and then branch outside of it and see what's really going on. They're all getting paid, y'all. They're all getting paid. And Donald Trump threatens to disrupt that gravy train. Full stop. 
When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, my friends, we're going to do, I'm going to walk you through this best-selling author scam. I told you about the guy who got on an Amazon number one list in like 15 minutes. Uh, It will blow your freaking mind. Next. I think you guys are going to love this. So well before dawn, well before dawn with bed head and coffee next to me, I stumble upon this. I'm like, literally, what does it take to be called a best-selling author? Is it how much money you raise? Is it how many books you sell? It's it's kind of nebulous how that's decided, but it's somewhere between like five and 10,000 books in a week that you sell. That makes you a New York Times bestseller. You want to believe that Michael Fanone or Liz Cheney sold five to 10,000 books in a week. Come on. Come on, man. So I found this article. It's brilliant. Behind the scam. What does it take to be a best-selling author? Question mark. Three bucks and five minutes. Here's a guy. His name is Brent Underwood. And here's how it goes. I'd like to tell you guys about the biggest lie in book publishing. It appears in the biographies and social media profiles of almost every working author today. It's the word bestseller. This isn't about how the New York Times list is biased, though it is. This isn't about how authors buy their way onto various national bestseller lists by buying their own books in bulk, though they do. No, this is about the far more insidious title of Amazon bestseller and how it's completely and utterly nonsense. Here's what happened in the book industry over the last few years. As Amazon has become the big dog in the book world, the Amazon bestseller status has come to be synonymous with being an actual bestseller. This is not true, and I can prove it. A while ago, I put up a fake book on Amazon. I took a photo of my foot, (laughs) uploaded it to Amazon, and in a matter of hours had achieved number one bestseller status complete with the orange banner and everything now how many copies did i need to sell to be able to call up my mother and celebrate my newfound authorial achievements three yes a total of three copies to become a best-selling author and i bought two of those copies myself The reason people aspire to call themselves best-selling author is because it dramatically increases your credibility, of course, your personal brand. It can establish you as a thought leader. You're able to show that you not only wrote a book, but that the market has judged it to be better than the other books out there. It's a status symbol, one of that one that cashes in on the prestige of, of one of man's oldest pastimes. At last, I had acquired this coveted title for myself, he writes. I'm a partner at a marketing company called Brass Check. Over the years, we've helped launch 30 legitimate New York Times bestsellers, including several at the sought uh, sought after number one spot. My company has helped sell over 5 million books and advised and managed book launches with every major publishing house, including Amazon. We have important rules at my company about the projects we take on. We don't work with authors who books we wouldn't read ourselves, and we don't guarantee bestseller status. We say no more no to more work than we do say yes, but these principles help us avoid the gimmicky one-hit wonders who aren't looking to write great books, but instead are looking to trick people into thinking they have. But it's begun to feel a little like a losing battle. Because these authors are everywhere these days. The title of my fake book was Putting My Foot Down for a reason. I've become utterly exhausted with phony authors and the scam artists and the charlatans who conspire with these folks. The cottage industry that is built up around them selling courses and instructions and hacks. 
A quick Google search returns dozens of best-selling books, courses, packages, schools, secrets, summits, and webinars teaching you how to become a best-selling author. Hell, this guy, and he's got somebody's link, even promises to show you how to be a best-selling author, even if you have no book ideas, writing skills, or any clue where to start. It's a five-phase formula. I want to tell you what he did. Number one, writing my book. He said it took less than two seconds. I didn't feel like writing a book, so I instead just took a photo of my foot. I called the book, putting my foot down, and included one page with, you guessed it, a photo of my foot. Okay, number two, uploading and formatting on Amazon. Took about three minutes. They say picking a title is the hardest part of writing a book. Don't I know it. Got to verify some rights, choose some categories. Fine, fine, fine. Designing his cover. Amazon features a handy cover creator thing that will lay out text over your image and help you do it, blah, blah, blah. Waiting for approval from Amazon. The waiting is the worst part of the process. What if Amazon rejected my foot? Never mind. We were approved. It happened within hours. And a few short hours after that, his Amazon page was live. Period. All you had to do is ask a few friends to, to buy it. And that pushed him to the number one bestseller status on Amazon. There was nothing inside the book. No pages to read. It was like the book in The Great Gatsby. All of the books in the beautiful library with gilded bindings, but with pages that are uncut and without words. All for show. It's smoke and mirrors, my friends. And the smoke and mirrors of the bestseller and writing books equals a lot of dirty people who've done a lot of damage to this country to get paid for so doing. And that makes me angry. Do not go anywhere. After this short break, Money Laundering 101. Well, you could do books. Why not just use art to funnel money to your crime family? little Washington Post flashback for y'all. You want to watch this and something out of Lahaina that will make your face melt off. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. I got to give you the ooh-ooh, you know. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. You know, it's interesting when we go back in time and we see things that it have been written in the mainstream media, and then we figure, hmm, why is it that the Washington Post loses $100 million every year? Well, I mean, whatever could it be? People don't like being lied to. They don't. We don't need to leave the house if we like being lied to. We sure as hell don't want it from our media. I don't want it from the government. I don't want it from the people who fly my airplanes. I don't want my doctor to lie to me. I don't want Dr. Fauci to lie to me. I sure as hell don't want, right? And this is what goes on. So when I read this, this just a few paragraphs, right? Just a few paragraphs. How absurd the whole Hunter Biden art thing was. And how it's, it's, it is a... It is a model. It shows you the, the map of how these people think. And it starts with, with, with an idea. We need money, right? We need money. 
How are we going to get money while we're in the public eye? This is a great way to pretend that you're making money. We're going to play the sympathy card about Hunter Biden. Oh, I just, what a bummer. Guys, Joe's his dad, for God's sake. That sucks, right? He's got to live with that cretin. His uncle, Jim, is a complete blowhard. His other uncle is just as bad, all trying to cash in on, on Joe's fame, which has been fabricated since January 3rd of 1973. When he took his oath of office, it's all been bogus, manufactured, fake news, his own musical, all these leeches that, that are sucking onto it. Right. Oh, Hunter Biden. He's ensnarled in that. That's just what a bummer. And then he's an addict. I mean, don't make fun of addicts. That's so that is just awful. How could you do think about his suffering? Right. There's this whole idea that we need. to. Oh, Hunter, oh he's gross. I, I don't support gross. Right. Good. Good luck. But you're a dirtbag, okay? So they had to bring out this whole scheme for Hunter to make money. Hunter still needs to generate funds because Joe and Jill spend. And so does the rest of the family. We got to find a gravy train. How are we going to do it? I got an idea. You're going to become an artist all of a sudden. You know for a fact it's not Hunter Biden's art. Any more than it's Michael Fanone's book. That becomes a New York Times bestseller because it's not a New York Times bestseller. And Michael Fanon didn't write it. It's all garbage, right? This is how the, the Washington Post, <clears throat> and we were in this very studio talking about this on this very day, July 8th of 2021. So two, two and a half years ago, right? Th this is the story of... Hunter Biden being A-OK, not a problem. He's going to sell a bunch of art. This is what the title of the Washington Post headline is. Deal of the art. White House grapples with ethics of Hunter Biden's pricey paintings. So they're going to set you up. We're going to pay attention to how they do this. White House officials have helped craft an agreement under which purchases of Hunter Biden's artwork, which could be listed at prices as high as $500,000, will be kept confidential from even the artist himself in an attempt to avoid ethical issues that could arise as a presidential family member tries to sell a product with a highly subjective value. Highly subjective value. So, wait a minute. You, you use the media to push out your lie, right? It's the wrap-up smear. We're going to tell you we're going to break the law. We're going to tell you that the White House officials have crafted an agreement under which purchases of Hunter's artwork is going to be kept private. Oh, fantastic. Under an arrangement negotiated in recent months, which is a lie, a New York gallery owner is planning to set prices for the art and will withhold all records, including potential bidders and final buyers. That is a lie. That never happened. The owner... George Burgess, that's true, has also agreed to reject any offer that he deems suspicious or that comes in over the asking price, according to people familiar with the agreement. Brock, how is so amazing. People familiar with the, according to an anonymous, according to somebody who wanted to protect his identity for fear of retribution, according to somebody who's got a deep knowledge of the, right? Once you start paying attention to how they lie to you, you can spot it more quickly. 
all garbage. Biden's art sale, expected to take place this fall, comes with potential challenges. Oh. Not only has Biden previously been accused of trading in his father's name, but his latest vocation is in a field where works do not have a tangible fixed value and where concerns have arisen about secretive buyers and undisclosed sums. They're telling you right now, we are breaking the law. There is no such agreement. We don't give a rat's rip about ethics. In fact, we have never had ethics. We just need to create the illusion that this is what's going on. It's like it's creating the illusion that Joe Biden is president of the United States. Not saying that he hasn't been serving in that capacity on the official record, but saying, why would Joe Biden hold press conferences and sign documents? In a a building across the street from the White House with a fold-out table that has a presidential seal stuck to it, would you not want the grandeur and the honor and the history of the Oval Office? Of course you would. Why the hell are you across the street in a nondescript building at a card table looking like grandma kicked you off from the adults table and you're sitting with the grandkids? Right? Do you, do you see how they do this? We're going to dump on you something so wholly ridiculous that Joe Biden is the president of the United States, that Hunter Biden is going to sell potentially for up to $500,000 this artwork. Now, we're going to tell you some things. And all of them are going to be lies because we need to come back to this. And see, look, we told you this. But see, unfortunately, the truth does come out. So as I told you, there are no records related to the appointment of Hunter Biden and his art patron, the people who are buying it. There are no records of these people being separated from Hunter Biden's knowledge or Joe Biden's knowledge. The reality is they're all swimming in the same disgusting pool and everybody's peed in it and they're all covered in it. They're all connected. And if you speak about such things, if I were to go on Facebook, let's say, if I hadn't been hacked last year and I actually had control of any of my Facebook pages, which I don't, and I put this out there, why is it that Hunter Biden, blah, 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 I would be banned, I would be shadow banned, I'd be penalized, I'd be put in, all of these things have to come through. Not only are we going to do something that's illegal, we're going we're gonna to have our White House staffers lie about it, we're going to create multiple false narratives around it that the media are going to use to publish and send people off of our, our scent, right? We're going to use our friends in social media where the FBI, part of the DOJ of course, has infiltrated and is controlling the narrative. We're going to squelch anybody who threatens to disrupt our narrative, right? And we're going to push it out on the American people as it's nothing to see here. And then when enough people start talking about it, we're going to blame Donald Trump. This is not even remotely acceptable. And the problem is, of course, we have people who are Republicans in Congress who are in on it. That's why they didn't impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. That's why they're not going to impeach Joe Biden. That's why nobody's throwing the book at Hunter Biden. That's why everything is this slow walk, run out the clock, drag it out, 
obscure, delay, deny, point fingers elsewhere, obfuscate, and run it out until the last minute. And in that time, while we're all paying attention to this, continue destroying the country. Continue bringing in the migrants. Continue putting them in places that put our children in danger. Continue raising our property taxes so that we fund these individuals so that the identity of this great nation, its patriotism, its history, is watered down under the idea of inclusion. This is where we are. And there might be no finer example of the obvious lack of care for we the people in this government and the obvious theft of what is rightly ours, there is probably no greater example than that, of that, than on the island of Maui. Have you guys had any update? Have you heard anybody in the media with any intellectual integrity or curiosity probe into that story? What happened to everybody? How many people died? What about all the children? What about all the homes? Is anybody rebuilding? What's going on? No. There's a reason for that. And it sickens me that it has gotten to be this dark and this dirty that we could lose hundreds of Americans and have a government that doesn't not only not care, but is likely behind it. That is despicable. The video, the TikTok that you have to hear that says it all so disturbingly is coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So the story and the lack of interest in particular horrors in our country is very intriguing to me. And intriguing, I, I use loosely, because it really is disgusting. We covered the inferno, very strange inferno from Lahaina that wiped out an entire village. Hundreds of people. I, I would, I would f- guess hundreds of children at a minimum just incinerated and the breathtaking after video i didn't know fires that that can spark from downed electrical lines in a storm have the power to reduce a car to ash this fire did that. It jumped into the ocean, too, which was very peculiar. And it burned all these boats that were, that were moored or whatnot in the water, right? They were anchored in the water, all of them gone. We were, we were speechless. And we had our friend on who lives there. And he told us the truth that there is 
no care, no concern, no help for the natives, the Hawaiians who've lived on that land for generations. They don't have paperwork. Their families have been there for, for years and years and years until a fire goes through and then the government comes in, puts up a bunch of fences and kicks everybody out and you're not supposed to feel weird. Well, you might after you hear this startling update Brock was kind enough to take out the few, the F-bombs that this gentleman uh, understandably dropped in this commentary. This is a man ostensibly in Lahaina who is giving us a, a on-the-ground report about what's really going on with the federal government, quote-unquote, helping people go. I'm willing to bet most people aren't aware of how bad the United States government is the people who lost their home in the Maui fire. See, as a result of the Maui wildfire, 2,207 homes in Lahaina burnt down. And I'm sure that you would imagine there's a lot of reconstruction going on, but you'd be wrong. See, since the Maui wildfire, not a single building permit has been approved. Not one. Oh, and I'm sure you'd also think that all the people that had their homes burned down were going to be receiving insurance payouts. And you're probably thinking that the only reason they haven't received those insurance payouts is because of the evil insurance companies don't want to pay them. But you would be wrong again. See, the insurance companies haven't been able to pay anything because the United States government won't even allow the insurance adjusters into the area where all they want to do is go in there and verify that these buildings have burned down. They want to verify how extensive the damage is for each of the homes that they insured. And for a lot of these homes, it would be as easy as them driving up, taking a picture of a burnt down property, therefore verifying that that home no longer exists, and then they could cut a check. But the U.S. government won't let them do that. And the U.S. government won't let anybody rebuild. And here's the wildest part. Because the insurance adjusters can't verify that these homes burnt down, and because the United States government won't approve a single building permit, all of these people are still paying their mortgages. These people no longer have homes, but because they're not approving building permits and they're not letting the insurance adjusters in, the banks are still charging these people a mortgage. These people are paying a mortgage on houses that don't even exist. And many of them are getting foreclosed on. Like imagine how ridiculous that is. Your house burnt to the ground. Your insurance company wants to go out there. They want to go see the burnt down house, take a picture and cut you a check. But the government, in the interest of helping people, I guess, won't let them do that. So the banks get to keep collecting the mortgage payments. And if you can't make the mortgage payments on the house that isn't even there anymore, they get to foreclose on the property. And now the bank owns the land where your house used to be. And all of this is happening because the government will not approve any building permits and won't even let the insurance adjusters in. But yeah, you guys keep celebrating that Biden visited there for four hours. I'm sure that's some comfort to these people. 2,207 homes gone. Not one building permit approved. That's the, that's the hardscape stuff. The soft stuff comes from the loss of life. The loss of interest collectively in an entire job, journalism, an entire field 
of quote-unquote professional work, there's no one? There's no one who, who asks the question? I'm, I'm stunned, but I'm not. And I've said it before, but the challenge is to not become calloused. To not have the same thing disappoint you so many times. To, to, to not be sickened, predictably, disappointingly, all the time. So that you somehow are immune to it when it happens again. Because when it becomes standard... When the lying and the cheating and the failure becomes so standard that we stop being surprised by it, I think it's over. And it will never be over for us. Because we will fight and we will do what we must. Period. This is my way. And I hope you come back for more tomorrow. It's Bad Joke Friday. It's terrible, but it's great. And good news tomorrow. If you have any good news, share it with me. WendyBellRadio at gmail.com. I'm easy to reach. From Brock and me, thank you for everything, including the, uh, you know, 3,000 rumbles. You love Brock. We love you. Peace. <laughs>